0: From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology and the colored shavings. Welcome back to The Dairy Show, everyone. I am once again, your host, Katie Schmidt, and joining me this week is a fellow Wisconsinite transplant, Jade Kruschke. Jade, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Now we were talking before we got started that you work for Compeer in real estate, but you also are involved on your husband's farm. Tell us a little bit about what that involvement looks like in agriculture and dairy today for you.
1: Yeah. So just a little bit um, of an introduction to myself. Um, Like Katie said, my name's Jade Krushke. I live with my husband Jake and our year and a half year old son Brantley um, on Jake's family farm in Richmond, Wisconsin. Um, my involvement in ag in the dairy industry today is a little bit different than it was growing up. So um, I have been working for Computer Financial for five years now as a real estate appraiser. It definitely was not one of those jobs that I grew up knowing that this is what I want to be, but I got, I stumbled upon it and glad that I did. I was hired by Agstar in 2016. Um, I appraise all sorts of properties, mainly specializing in uh, farms and heavy farms, and dairy farm um, operations are my most favorite. It's uh, it's my way of staying in the industry and staying up to date on, on what's going on. And I also, um, like Katie said, stay very involved in our family's dairy operation at home as well.
0: What are you seeing in terms of trends for your real estate that you're doing for farms and hobby farms and dairy farms?
1: I would say right now with uh, the dairy operations we've had, there have been a few Sales that have occurred, auction sales that have um, gone on here recently that maybe show us that there is um, there is some interest in buying dairies, uh, mostly depending on location. It kind of depends on whether there's uh, neighboring farms that one can use them as support facilities for what they already have going. Or two, they can, you know, some have contracts and stuff too, if they can buy out the contracts and uh, buy the cows with it to uh, increase their production. Or like the most recent one was, you know, a, a farm that couldn't expand on the facility that they were currently at. And this gave them an opportunity to be able to expand. So there's, there's lots of different things that go into it. Over on my side of the world, I say that because in Western Wisconsin, we're like our own little territory. There's we don't have a ton of dairy sales that occur. You know, we have more dairies that are going out of business but aren't selling. like they're just selling the cows and staying on the farm. So that's where we don't get a lot of farm sales are
0: Are you still seeing the same trends that we were probably over the last handful of years with those high numbers of dairy sales or cows leaving the farm? Maybe that's different than the farm sales that like you're talking about. but are we still seeing similar? trajectory or trends with those numbers.
1: You know, I've I've only been doing it five years like I said, but I do believe, you know, there are there are fewer sales now as there's bigger buyers. A lot of things that sell are are private transactions too, so it kind of makes them a little less desirable to use on on the appraising side of it cuz we want market sales to be able to appraise our our dairies. And if they're sold privately, a lot of times there's different things incorporated into them or they're sold, you know, kept within the family and just transferred. So, but as far as trends go, I mean, it's, it's like all of dairy, it's up and down all the time. So it's hard to lay a fine line on a, a trend, whether it's sitting steady or not. It, it just all goes with milk prices. If they're up dairy sale, you know, people are more optimistic. If they're down, then, you know, there's not a lot of stuff moving.
0: So. Sure. So you said you've only been doing this for five years. And before that, you grew up in Missouri. So tell us a little bit about dairy in Missouri and growing up on a dairy farm in Missouri, because that's not necessarily the state I think of when I'm thinking of dairy farms.
1: Yeah. So growing up in Missouri, I didn't grow up on a dairy farm. I actually grew up showing steers and pigs and sheep more on the livestock side of it. It wasn't until 2008 or 2009, um, I got involved on the dairy side of things. My dad was and still is a milk caller. And the Dixon family, dixley Guernseys, if you know them, they had moved from Maryland to Missouri. And they just happened to move into a town next to my hometown. And my dad started picking up their milk. And that fall, they needed a junior exhibitor to show a group of cattle that they had for expo. And so my dad got to talking to him, tell him that I, you know, show livestock. And I went over and just started uh, working with Guernsey's. And that's how I got started into the dairy. I kind of found my niche, something that I, I enjoyed doing it more than the beef and and was better at it. <laughs> so it kind of came easy to me and was enjoyable, I guess.
0: So what was the... Biggest difference then when you started showing at thirteen with dairy from the beef or the pigs, like what what translated and maybe what didn't translate.
1: The amount of work <laughs> is a huge difference, and and I completely understand that. Like showing pigs has completely changed over the years, where we used to just dump feed in front of them. That's not what pig showers do anymore, but that's what we did. So I would say the amount of work that it took. And also when it came to showing steers, I had my big brothers to help me break 1200 pound steers. And they were both graduating high school and it was just me and my sister left. And we're like, there's no way we can do this on our own. So dairy was also a way where, um, you know, I could more easily do that on my own rather than, you know, steers. But the biggest difference I think was just You know, obviously, the way of showing is way different. You know, leading and and that kind of thing is is kind of completely completely different, I guess.
0: Yeah. So you had to relearn or learn a different style of showing. Which the fact that you were a Merle Howard winner at Expo, we'll say a handful of years ago, uh, is maybe even more impressive that you came from without a dairy background into the dairy show world to receive that award at at Expo. Can you explain for listeners who might not be familiar with it what the Merle Howard Award is?
1: Um, So the Merle Howard Award, Merle Howard was a respected dairy industry pioneer. Um, He won the Klusendorf Award in 1954, was a herd manager for a dairy, a Holstein classifier, and later a sales and export businessman as well. He served on the first National Dairy Shrine Board and was one of 11 people to receive um, the 4E Award for Outstanding Service. So the Merle Howard Award was an award that I had seen some well-respected young individuals win over the years, and I always wanted to win it myself. Um, And ironically, the year I did win it, I had been trying to find an application online to fill out for it because you know, I was filling out all these scholarships and I'm like, this is an award I want to win. Like, how do I fill this out? How do I apply for it? And I realized, you know, after winning it, that there is no application um, and that it's it's selected by a um, committee and the former winners of it.
0: And what are they looking for? Like, what's the selection criteria of the winners?
1: Um, I don't think that there's necessarily a specific criteria. Um, it kind of is more, you know, the name that you've made for yourself and how you um, are portrayed in the dairy industry. People are always watching you. And so every year Expo comes around, you know, I get a text message from um, Corey at Horde saying, Who do you nominate this year for the Merle Howard, winner? Howard Award? So I just kind of think to myself, who, who are some of the, the junior exhibitors that I see all over the place showing, leading by example, and doing things that others aren't doing? And, you know, I, I think maybe the one criteria you have to do is you have to be exhibiting at Expo. You have to have an animal. You can't just be, you can't just be working for somebody. You have to have your own animal exhibited but those are some of the things i kind of think about are just you know who are those that are, are making a difference in the industry that you know maybe aren't the maybe aren't the loudest or even the most well known but you know sometimes they're just quietly making a difference and those are are the ones that i try to try to think of whenever i get that text from corey and i i think about it all year long like when i'm you know at different shows i kind of look around now that it's in the back of my head <laughs>
0: Okay, so you're going to shows and you're watching Junior Exhibitors, but you're also exhibiting. So let's talk about your farm at, at home in Wisconsin with your husband, Jake, and what that farm looks like, who's involved. Tell us, tell us about the place.
1: So our farm is a registered Holstein farm with about 100 cows milking in a tie stall barn. We have two bed pack sheds for our calves, heifers, and dry cows, all on the main farm site where Jake and I live. We also run about 2,000 acres of land. The farm is owned by my father-in-law and his brother. And then Jake, my husband, is in charge of the cows. And Pete, his brother, is the crop guy. So they kind of each have their own separate entities, which works out good. We typically have two full-time employees that, um, that milk and help in the fields. And then a few floaters during the super busy times. Brantley and I stay busy feeding calves at night, helping with um, scraping and bedding the sheds when we can and do whatever we need to help out whenever the phone rings.
0: So you were explaining to me the prefix on the farm before we started recording, and it's, I'm going to try to say this right, and it's Christome. Can you explain where that prefix came from and uh, maybe if there's any homebred cows that folks might know about?
1: Yeah, so the name comes from um, the family, of course. So the kind of the logo that the family's always gone with is family farm, family name, and the the C is for Chuck. The R is for Richard, who is their dad, I is for Ida, who is Chuck and Dave's mom, and then the S is Sue, their sister, and D is Dave, their brother. And then they just added home to the end of it. So it kind of incorporates their family and how the farm came about and began and who all was involved in it. Um, As far as cows, predominant cows, that is a great question for my husband. I am not, that is not my forte, but as far as like cows we've had in the last 10 years, um, we had um, Chris Holm Durham Cooper, who was 94 points and we, I showed her my last junior year at Expo, um, she was third at Expo that year, my last junior year, so she got nominated All American. And then we've had some more recent success with some other cows that hopefully um hopefully we can get one to Expo this year. But yeah, you gotta ask my husband those <laughs> questions. <laughs> or give me some pre questions. <laughs>
0: I apparently did not supply the right list of prep questions for Jade today for this episode, but we're, we're winging it. We'll have to ask Jake when uh, you guys show up to Expo in a couple of weeks here. We're going to change gears a little bit, and I want to know what the most impactful moment is that has shaped your career so far.
1: So when I was thinking about this question, I thought to myself, I was like, these type of questions are so hard for me. For me personally, I feel like my willingness to do the dirty jobs, the ones that no one else wants to do, has gotten me so far in life and within my current career. I know they aren't fun while doing them, um, but some of the things, some of the things that I've always remembered that stick in my head are, you, know, are the things that I didn't enjoy. So I was just going to give you a few of those examples. So some of the things I've always remembered from my time on the road, clipping, working sales, show strings for other people are the times that I, w- I was in tears. Those are the ones I have the most vivid memories of. Those were learning moments for me that made me step back and see things differently. I had a lot of success in the show ring at Expo from the get-go, from the time I started. And so one year I was asked to lead a heifer for the string I was working for and she was dead last. And I was so upset. Um, that I had to be the one that led her that day. And the owner knew that. And he looked at me, obviously mad at me, and told me, I had you lead her because I knew if she was gonna do well at all, you were gonna be the one that could get her there. And now looking back on it, I'm like, he was giving me a compliment on how I show. And I've always looked at that situation differently since then. Another instance was a sale I worked. It was one of the very first sales I worked ever. It was not fun. I can't emphasize that enough. It was not fun. It was my first ever sale. I reached out and I asked if I could work it. And when I got done with the sale, I wrote a thank you card to the family that hosted me, just thanking them for letting me be involved and for all the learning moments I had, even though I wished those learning moments could have happened differently. (laughs) That guy told everyone he saw that year about the thank you note that I wrote him. And so that was another learning moment that I will never, ever forget because just the little things can mean so much to people.
0: Let's talk about showing then. So what is it that sets or that makes a good show person? Like what are the, the traits or the skills that they are excelling at that make them stand out in a show ring?
1: I would say maybe the two most that I think um, people stand out with are calmness. And I want to say patience, but when I say patience, I have no patience. So I don't know if that's a good one to say, <laughs> um, but calmness for sure. Whenever I, I see calm people leading that are just very calm in their gestures and relaxed in their gestures, make me like, I, I can pick them out of a, you know, out of everybody, the ones that, you know, are just, um, slow and calm and like, you can find the worked up ones because the worked up ones are probably going to have the worked up animals as well.
0: When expo rolls around in two weeks, who are the showmen or show women that you will be like watching? Who do you enjoy watching out on the the colored shavings or in any show ring?
1: Oh, shoot. This wasn't on your list, Katie. (laughs) I know,
0: but just think about like, if you're a kid and you are sitting at expo, like, and you want to be better at showing who, who is the person you should be watching? Like, who do you enjoy learning from?
1: I mean, I think the obvious ones that, that I've always really paid attention to were the, like the Roger Turner, the Pat Conroy, um, the Jacobs crew. You know, all the ones that are, are doing really well, they're obviously doing something right and that are, you know, always, always at the top are ones that I, I typically pay attention to. Kelly Reynolds is another one that I've always really looked up to and watched a lot. Um, Jen and Chris Hill, I think both do great jobs showing and presenting the animals. And it, it amazes me how much of it is actually in the presentation of the animal, because there's, there's so many times where you get out there and you have a calf that, you know, just decides I'm not leading today. And if, if you, if you don't exhibit, you know, your patience and your calmness, like you can really just make them look terrible. And, and those people always make them look like, you know, they always make their heifers and and cows look like. They know what they're doing when, you know, after when you have experience of being on the halter, it's not always that easy. And they make it look very easy.
0: Yeah, I think you named some really incredible showmen for sure. And we won't hold it against you for missing others. We'll put a disclaimer in here. We are not saying that others are not as good.
1: <laughs> they're a fantastic um, Two Two years ago, last expo was the first time that Jake and I and a friend of ours had ever just sat back and watched the show, and we watched the Guernsey show and we watched the Red and white show and yeah there's there's just a ton of a ton of things that you watch and you see that you don't see whenever you're being the when you're the exhibitor. You know, we sat there all day and just watched the show go on and I think for any young junior that's that's something that you know they can take a if anything they take away from this is to just watch and learn like i learned so much just sitting there watching that day um and also judging if you like judging i mean we could pretty easily sit there on the sidelines and pick out the top five cows each time but judging has always been something that was so nerve-wracking to me that you know in missouri i had just a small judging team and i got to judge my senior year and that's all the judging i had ever done and you know, now looking back and seeing how big judging is up here. It's like, I feel like I missed out on a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we might have to put your judging skills to the test because Expo does have a real bird judging contest. So we can see if if you are the best one at picking out the top four in certain classes. So Expo summer intern this year, Kelsey Irf, she was one of our, our rings, our Railbird judge winners from 19. And she brought her trophy into the office and like put it in her office for the summer. But it's a fun contest and it's in the it's in the app now. It's super easy to be a part of, but you'll have to give it a shot. <laughs> um, okay, well, while we're talking juniors, and just one last question, because we are about two weeks out from the show. What advice can you give to juniors who are competing this year? What can you share with them that will make them a better fitter, a better showman, a better dairy exhibitor, or just a better person in the dairy industry?
1: Yeah, so um, Expo is a, is a week of the year um, that kind of throws all of our hard work into one week and puts it all to the test. So it's kind of like, you know, if you, it, it just shows what you've been doing all year. Um, it's exhausting, rewarding, and thrilling all at the same time as a, as a dairy breeder and industry person, like it's kind of the most exciting year of, you know, of our, our industry. So, um, when I'm, when I'm talking about juniors, my main thing is just go into it with an open mind to learn something from the best in the industry, stand back and watch and listen. I'm not sure, you know, when I was a junior, I'm not sure how many hours I spent standing at the back of a clipping chute. Uh, but it had to be a lot, probably annoying to <laughs> to those that I was doing it to. But when I was learning how to clip, that was, and I'm by far no expert whatsoever. But you know, I can do enough that I could I could be okay at it. But just standing back and and watching those guys clip, and and just the little details, the extra work, the extra work and the little details are kind of what separate uh, the top from the bottom. Whenever you get to Expo. Another one that I like to tell juniors is to set goals for yourself. I know my my last junior year, my goal was to medal in everything I did, and I think that was like a pretty hefty goal for myself. But it was one that it it was one that I set more, for myself for a reason. I had you know done the showmanship, and I've been kind of like in that 15, 20 range, like which obviously isn't a medal, and I also wanted to do the fitting contest. So that was just a goal I had set for myself that I knew I could accomplish if I just set my mind to it. And and unfortunately, I didn't get to do the showmanship contest my last year because I was, you know, just got done showing a Guernsey heifer and I was in the picturing line and missed my heat for showmanship because I was in the very first heat. But I had medaled the year before, so I call it a win. <laughs> and I, I medaled in um, the fitting competition, and and my heifer medaled. So um, that was a goal I had set for myself that I consider I achieved, even though I didn't get to do showmanship my last year. And just the the other things, have fun, not too much. People are always watching you, but to have fun.
0: <laughs> I think that's that's perfect. And and like I said, we're just a couple weeks away from the show, so have fun is the perfect way to end this episode and. And know that when we are all together at Expo, we will be having fun, but not too much because Jade will always be watching along with the other Merle Howard former winners picking that junior for that incredible award. So thank you for joining today, Jade. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com.